Hello and welcome to the 1-106 of the Second Photography Podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at flash meters and a little bit about metering and how to meter for flash. So in your digital camera, you have a metering system built in. Let's say you have an automated digital camera or you put in auto mode. The camera decides what shutter speed you need, what ISO you need and what aperture value you need. There are certain modes that are sort of called semi-manual where you set one of those and the camera decides on the other portion. There is of course manual mode where you set ISO, aperture and shutter speed yourself and and you can run the risk of getting an underexposed or an overexposed image. And of course there are semi-manual modes where you set one of the three things or maybe two of the three things that determines the exposure triangle. So either you set the shutter speed and the ISO and the camera works out the aperture value or you set the aperture value and maybe the ISO as well and the camera works out the shutter speed and that's generally called aperture priority where you set the aperture and shutter priority where you set the shutter speed. Now it all works by something called metering so you have a meter in your camera or a meter system in your camera that does some measuring and feeds back the exposure value you're going to get and it does that in stops. So if we go back to the film days, certain film cameras didn't have a meter built in. So you used to have a handheld light meter and you used to set what the film speed was, that's ISO, and you used to set what the shutter speed was and you used to set what the aperture value was and it would tell you what sort of exposure level you were going to get. Some of them that were more advanced you would set two and of the three parts of the exposure triangle and it would tell you what to set the third one as. So it's basically an equation, really. If you know two parts of it, you can work the third part out, just just like a mathematical equation. In our digital cameras, say we have metering, and and metering isn't always right in cameras, and cameras can be fooled by certain conditions. So on a snowy day, let's say we're outside and it's a sunny day, but there's snow, well, your camera is probably going to underexpose that image and, and your whites are going to look a bit grey. And the reason it does that, camera metering works by balancing the exposure to something called neutral grey. So your camera's metering works by getting the overall exposure in the whole picture to middle grey. So it balances it to be middle grey and, and that's just an algorithm that's set. And of, of course, I'm talking generally here. There are going to be some exceptions and we'll talk about those in a moment. But you can change the way your camera meters. So you can look at the whole scene you can look at a spot called spot metering and you can do sort of various things in between matrix mode evaluative center weighted so i think matrix mode and evaluative sort of are more automatic and they look at the whole scene center weighted looks not at the center but it weights strongly towards the center and as i've said spot metering does the bit you focus on so i normally have my single af point in the middle So I focus on the subject using the single AF point and that does my metering for that point as well. So if I'm taking a picture of a person, I would focus on their eye so that their eye is in focus and actually my metering would be for the eye as well. So when metering, you get this sort of readout in your camera of zero, which means it's correctly exposed. One means it's one stop higher. Two means it's two stop higher and you've got the same going into negative, one stop below and two stops below. And... 
they're quite useful. You can use something called exposure compensation. So if you're out on that bright, sunny, snowy day and you want to use automated or semi-automated settings, then you know your camera is going to underexpose. So you set your exposure compensation to plus one because you know it's probably going to underexpose by one or experience or people will tell you it's going to underexpose by one. So you want it to expose one stop higher. So you set it to plus one. If you're metering yourself manually, you might just give it trial and error. So you might sort of do your half press to lock your focus. If you can see in your viewfinder on the back of the screen that you're at minus one, you might just start raising your ISO or you might just start opening up the aperture or lowering your shutter speed just to get it up to zero. Or maybe if it's reading zero, you might go with plus one. Don't forget, if you take an image and it's underexposed, you can always adjust it in editing. It's not the end of the world. I regularly take images with my more modern digital cameras where I've set the exposure compensation to be minus one. And the reason I do that is I'm shooting in aperture priority mode. I'm shooting with a low ISO and I want to get a fast shutter speed. So I don't want to raise my ISO too much and compromise image quality. So what I do is I set the exposure compensation to minus one. Then when I take a picture, it's going to have a faster shutter speed than if I had my exposure compensation at zero or IE no exposure compensation. And then when I get into editing, I can just increase the shadows and I can increase the exposure. And with a modern digital camera, really, you don't lose detail. You don't get garish images if you do that. In fact, you can't even notice, particularly at minus one exposure. So that's something I do. With older digital cameras and, and with film, it's, it's a bit different. Film can be pushed quite a lot, actually. Not that I've done any film pushing, but I know film can be pushed quite a lot. So modern cameras and cameras and smartphones have very good metering. And generally, they can do a good job and there are any occasions when they'll be fooled. If you're photographing into the sun, there's going to be a really bright element to your photo. I don't know, you've got the sun in the background or something and it's really bright, then that will fool metering. So that will probably underexpose your image more than you would want. So you just need to factor these things in and, and a lot of it comes down to experience and taking an image and then looking out later and thinking oh that, that's a bit underexposed oh that's overexposed of course if you shoot raw you can recover much better than if you shoot jpeg so you, you can bring highlights down and you can also bring shadows up and it's also worth looking at your histogram while you're shooting to see if anything's going to be clipped by clipping what i mean is black will be black and white will be white and once they are those values you can't change them because they're recorded as completely white or completely black that's called clipping where you lose a lot of detail actually so it's always worth using your histogram but i really wanted to talk about metering in this episode and i've gone off sort of on a tangent because i want to, i really want to talk about flash metering and i suppose i can't talk about flash metering until I talk about metering. So I've talked briefly about the meters in your camera and I've talked very, very briefly about the handheld light meter, which was a bit of a relic of the film days. You can now get these on smartphones and they work in basically the same way. You pick the one you know and it fills in the blanks for you. So you might pick your ISO and you might pick your shutter speed or on a very basic thing, you'd pick your shutter speed and it tells you the aperture value or you pick your aperture value and it tells you the shutter speed. So you might have seen a sort of light meter and probably the most famous light meter I've ever seen is on the Moby cover for Play. So that album came out in the 90s when I was um, considerably younger and I bought it and I often wonder what is that thing on the front? So someone is holding something under Moby's face and 
it just looks like a device with a big white ball on. Well, that's a light meter and probably he's using that as a flash meter. So I'm gonna talk about a flash meter today. I'm just gonna get one out. So I've got it out, it comes in a case, it's a Minolta one. So a fl flash meters are used to help set your flash power. And I'll talk about that in a moment, but I'm just gonna talk about what they are and what they do and a few more bits about them. They are expensive. They start at at least 125 pounds and a sort of good one costs a bit more. I bought a very old one, but one that people always have a praise for which is a Minolta one. This isn't a, for digital. I don't think this came out at the time of digital cameras. I'm going to open it up now. It comes in a grubby case, Velcroed. So I'm going to take it out. And at the top, we have that We have that sort of white ball and you can swivel it sideways like a flash. And that's really quite useful. And again, I'll talk about that a bit later. And I can take this white bit off if I want. And if I look inside, it's just got sort of like a photo cell inside. And it's called the Flash Meter 4 by Minolta. So I turn it on by pressing a button. And I've got, all I can do is I can set my ISO, I can set my shutter speed, and I can set my F number or my aperture value. I can do something called non-corded, corded and ambient. And that's about it. That's about all I can do. You can do things like ratios, which for some people will mean something and some people it will mean nothing at all. I generally just do the ratios in my head. I, I find that quite easy. I don't need something to tell me the ratios. And again, I'll talk about ratios later. What I can do, I've got this lever. You might be able to hear me clicking it as I move things up and down. Oh, I can do guide numbers as well. I never use it for guide numbers. What I do is I dial in my camera settings. Now with flash, it's not the shutter speed that makes any difference. It's the aperture value. So the aperture really controls how much light gets through your lens and into your camera. The shutter speed controls how long the exposure takes and the ISO controls the sensitivity. When you fire a flash, it's a very short duration. It, it will be under a second. Shutter speed makes no difference really when you're using flash. It does to how much ambient light gets in, but if you're just exposing a whole image with flash, it, it makes no difference. You could have your shutter open for one fiftieth of a second or one tenth of a second. So if your flash duration lasts for a second, well, it really doesn't make any difference. The duration is longer than both those values and it's really controlled by how much of that light gets in for that period of time, which again is controlled by the aperture. So what you can do is you've got to set your flash so that it doesn't overexpose or underexpose your image. Well, all you've got is really the power output. You've got one, half, quarter, eight, sixteenth, thirty-two, sixty-four, one, two, eight, power. It just it's just listed in fractions. And then after that, you probably don't have any more values you can put in. So how do you convert that into a suitable exposure for your aperture? Well, this is where a flash meter comes in. So you set your ISO and you set your time, even though it's not critical. And because you've set ISO and because you've set time, it gives you what aperture value you need to set to get a correct exposure. So what I do, I put those values in and in my one, because mine's quite old, it seems to, time seems to go up in stops and it doubles. So I've got time in two, one 250th of a second, one 120th of a second, you can guess what the next one's gonna be, one 60th of a second, one 30th, one 15th, etc. So let's make it easy. Let's set it to one 120th of a second. Let's set ISO to 100. And then what I need to do is I need to put it on flash mode. So I want the F number. So I set it on time, gives me the F number. If I press the button and it's on non-corded mode, it waits. And actually I pressed it and it's not giving me any value because it waits for a flash to fire. 
So it recognizes the flash firing, which is more powerful than daylight. So it's, it won't recognize daylight. And then it gives me the aperture value. So what I would do is, let's say I'm taking a picture of a person, I would put my flash meter as close as I can to the point where I want to make a reading. So normally you're bothered about a person's face. So you put your flash meter next to their face and then you press the button and then the flash meter is waiting for that flash. So you press the button and you trigger your flash. That could be getting someone to go and press the pilot lights. That could be firing your camera, which fires your flash. And then flash light goes from your flash to your person. And as long as the dome, which contains the light cell, is facing the right way, it will pick up that a flash is fired. It will work out based on your settings what aperture value you need to set to get a correct exposure. So it might say f2.8. So I know with the power of that flash and the distance between my flash and my subject, because that does have an effect, the distance you are between flash and subject, I know I would need to set my aperture value for f2.8. So let's say, well, my camera only has a lens that goes to f4 or only starts at f4. Well, and I'm getting 2.8. Well, I'm going to be underexposing. So I would need to increase my flash power and do it again. So if we go back to that famous album cover that I talked about with Moby on the front and someone holding up a flash meter, they're just putting it to his chin and they're firing their flash and they're working out the correct exposure. That's all they're doing. They're working out what aperture value. Well, actually, I say they're not working out the aperture value. They are working out if the flash is sufficiently powered to make the correct exposure or if it's overpowered as well. A flash meter is really expensive. I think it's really expensive. You can't get one on a mobile phone. You can get a light meter. So if I set this to, if I set my flash meter to not be corded, sorry, I'm going to talk about that. So non, so I've got corded and I can put a cord on, on the front of my flash meter. There's a socket, a PC socket to put a PC cord on and I can attach that to a flash. So when I press the button to do to take the reading, it triggers the flash. I forgot to say that earlier, but I don't think anyone does that anymore. So it's not the end of the world. If I set it to, and you can hear me changing the mode now, if I set it to non-corded, it just waits for the flash to be received. So it doesn't trigger it. You'd press it and it just waits. But if I set it to ambient, it just works as a light meter. So I'm close to a window and it's, uh, ISO 100, 1 20th of a second. If I press it, it tells me F4 and a tenth, a tenth of a stop. So I would need to know if I didn't have any metering in my camera, that would tell me, well, I need to set to F4. Now I talked about ratios earlier and a ratio is when you have more than one light. So you might have a rim light and you might have a key light. Typically you want your light that goes on the hair and the shoulders to be brighter than the light that makes the main exposure. The reason being, if they're the same brightness, you won't see it because it will be exactly the same as the light making the exposure. So that means it will have no visual impact and you have it there to make a visual impact. So you want it to be twice as bright. So you have a ratio of two to one or you can have any ratio you want, but normally two to one is used. So how on earth do I work that out in my head? So let's make it nice and easy. Let's say my key light is set to f4 so i want my rim light to be one brighter so to get the same exposure with an f4 aperture as an f5.6 i need that light to be one stop brighter because 
f5.6 lets in one stop less lights than f4. So I need it to be one brighter, so I would do some metering and set my rim light to be f5.6. Now this is where a flash meter is quite good because it might be both of those flashes tr trigger at the same time. But how do I know I'm getting the right one? So one flash is facing the model or the person being photographed and one flash is facing the back of the model or the person who's being photographed. So how do I get it right? Well, all I do is I turn my light meter towards the light I want to check. Ideally, you would trigger them separately. So you would trigger one light, check it, trigger the other light, check it and, and do your adjustments. But if you can't trigger them separately, well, all you have to do is just turn your light meter and sort of hold, hold your hand over it to stop any bouncing light interfering with it. So I would need to know that if my front light was F4, I want my backlight to be brighter. I would make sure it was powerful enough to give a correct exposure at F5.6. So that's doing ratios really, and ratios are quite important, but it's, you know, it's not the most important thing. If we're using two lights, if we're using two side lights, we need to make sure that they are both the same intensity, because that might be what we want. I can't see why we would want them different intensities. So that's where a flash meter comes in. And you might think, well, just use two of the same lights. Uh, yes, you could use two of the same lights and then you could put them on exactly the same settings. And yes, that would, that would give the same exposure. However, if the lights are different distances away or they are going through different modifiers, then that, that sort of logic won't work and you need to make some compensation and adjustments. So a modifier which makes your flashlight bigger and therefore softer or focuses the light in some way, absorbs some of that light, so diminishes its output capacity compared to just using it as it is. So you will need to sort of make adjustments for that. And again, you could have the same flash, the same distance away from the model. So you could have two flashes, they're both the same flash, put on the same settings, same distance away from uh, the model, but they have different modifiers on. Well, you're gonna get different light outputs reaching the model. So that's where a flash meter can be useful. So you can set them to output the same amount of light that hits the model. You might have two flashes that are the same, same battery levels as well. So even, even battery levels can have an effect, but you might have one that is twice as far away as the other one. Well, you could approximate and, and go up a stop you could do some trial and error and there's nothing wrong with doing trial and error and keep taking a picture till you get it right. But you know, you might not, you might just want to get it right first time. So using a flash meter will allow you to get it right first time. So you would meter for one meter for the other. Ideally you would turn one flash on and leave the other one off. You would trigger it. You would take your meter reading. You have an aperture value, you know, and actually I haven't said this, the aperture value you want to set it to, is the one that you're using in your camera. So if you're shooting at 1 200th of a second ISO 100 f4, then you want to get your main flashlight to give a correct exposure at those values. You dial in ISO 100 1 200th of a second in your flash meter and you walk over to your subject and you put the flash meter there and you trigger your flash and you check what value it is and you adjust your flash output or your distance even until you get the aperture value that your camera is set to. F Did I say 2.8? I forget now, but whatever it's set to. And you keep doing that with your other lights. So you've got two lights, you have one off, one on, and you, you set it using your flash meter. You turn it off, you turn the second light on and you set it with a flash meter. And then everything's fine. You don't need to do any more setting unless you move your flashes 
unless you change your modifier, unless you change your camera settings or the model moves substantially, in which case you would need to re-meter. So metering, it doesn't take too long and you get better at it all the time. It is useful if someone else is there or you have a trigger that allows you to adjust the flash output yourself. Otherwise, you're walking backwards and forwards and, and that isn't the end of the world, walking backwards and forwards, but it can get a little bit annoying. So that's what I would suggest. I have a flash meter. I, I think it's good. I, I do think flash meters are overpriced. You can get attachments for your smartphone, which work as flash meters, but they cost the same as a flash meter. So you might as well get just a flash meter, in my opinion. And don't forget, you can do it without a flash meter. You can just take your image with flash, look at your histogram, make a decision as to whether you're happy with it and carry on. But don't forget what affects the output of a flash is the power setting of the flash, the modifier you fire your flash through, or for example, if you're shooting inside and all the walls are white, then that's gonna require less power to get a correct exposure than if the walls weren't white, because you're gonna be getting reflections off the wall, etc. If you had black walls, then that wouldn't reflect the light and you would need more power in your flash. But also don't forget the distance between the flash and the subject has a huge effect. And there's something called the inverse square rule, which I could probably do a whole podcast on in itself. There's probably thousands or tens of thousands of YouTube videos on the inverse square law because it is a good thing to understand. It's quite easy to understand as well. So distance has a huge effect. Of course, you have a maximum shutter speed, and I probably covered this in my podcast on flashes. You have a maximum shutter speed that if you go over that shutter speed, you'll get strange things happening in your image or your image won't be properly exposed. That's called the flash sync speed and you can't go over that, so that can have a bearing, but you can go over that if you use high speed sync, which is a different thing altogether. And I don't know whether you can meter for high speed sync. And don't forget, if you shoot flash in TTL, then you don't need to do any of this metering. You only need to do metering if you're shooting flash in, with manual settings. So most of you might say, well, I'll just use TTL, but then it can become quite difficult to get what you want. And don't forget, it's likely to change every time, depending on where you, where you meter and, and other things. So if you want consistent flash, you, you really need to use manual flash. TTL is very good and I will use TTL, particularly if I'm using one light. If I'm using two lights and I want a certain ratio, I can adjust the flash output on, on the second flash, but I need very expensive flashes to do that. If I'm using just cheap flashes or entry-level TTL, then I can't quite do that all the time. But there's something nice about using manual flash because you know once you've said it, it's not gonna change. TTL, it's gonna be a little bit inconsistent, really. And it might be that inconsistency doesn't matter. And it might be that inconsistency is a huge problem and does matter. It's up to you at the end of the day. So I have waffled on for about half an hour of recording time about meters, flash metering, using TTL, light meters, exposure. I wonder whether any of it is of any relevance really. Does, does anyone worry about these things? Does anyone use these things? Do let me know because obviously if I have a podcast and most of it is obsolete to the people listening, I'd rather know because I'd rather not do that sort of thing. Do check the show notes to view my Patreon page if you want to support the podcast. And do check the show notes to look at my Twitter because you can follow me on Twitter. 
if you want some some updates but as always thank you for listening i do appreciate all the all the people who listen and have a good day thank you